0: I'm Sam, and this is the Sip and Sam Showdown on Husker Extra. Sip, how are you doing? Really good, Sam, and you? Good, I'm happy it's game week. Yes. I'm happy. I, this is, feels like a team that I've known for a while now. Mm-hmm. This feels almost like an extension of last season, and so it feels like all the players that we need to know, with maybe the exception of a few, we kind of know it. And so we have I think we've all been really ready to just see the team play.
1: I think so. I mean, the one thing I'd add to that is, Unlike a lot of years, Sam, that you've covered the team and that I've covered the team, we we didn't see any practice or we saw very little, very little practice. So I will tell you this, there are years I have felt a lot better about what I think it's going to look like than I do now. I mean, we forget. Remember, during the Riley era, we would see how many preseason practices. Hours and hours of practice. and we knew knew about everything we needed to know. Now, Mm -hmm. there's still a little mystery, not not as far as personnel. We have a pretty good idea. But what it all is going to look like, there's still some questions I have in my
0: mind. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Illinois is even more mysterious. Even though they brought back almost all of their roster and added a few transfers, they have a new head coach. They have a new offensive coordinator. They have a new defensive coordinator who I really like. And it's hard to tell exactly what they're going to be. And Brett Bielema, being the carnival barker he is, has really played up this mystery aspect as an advantage for them. Nebraska goes to Illinois this weekend. They play at noon on Fox. The Huskers are a seven-point favorite. As you look at that game, what are the things that you're watching for right off the bat?
1: Well, I mean, the things that – well, one thing that really comes to mind, Sam, if you look at the last two games, Illinois was plus eight in turnovers. So they were plus five last year. I just don't – I mean, Nebraska can't be minus five in Champaign and win. Okay, that's – I mean, come on, that's safe to say. Now, what is the – what could they go minus and win? Probably, but it wouldn't – I wouldn't go much – I wouldn't play with fire much beyond minus two. But minus five, minus four, like it was in 2019, you ain't winning a game. So that's the first thing I'd watch pretty close.
0: I agree. I mean, I think that uh, a Lovey Smith defense, as someone who was a Bears fan for many years, I watched okay. a lot of Lovey okay. Smith defenses. Yeah. They're really, really good at taking away the ball. And in fact, they put a priority on that above and beyond tackling well. And so that's kind of what Lovey Smith's defenses do. That way, they were like Iowa State or Northwestern. And Nebraska struggled with that. You know they could rack up a lot of yards, I think in both of those games, they racked up a ton of yards, but well, they not last
1: year they did they had six hundred and seventy nine yards in Nebraska in two thousand and nineteen,
0: and they did okay last year, but they weren 't able to put the ball in the end zone what i 'll say about what this particular game is that Illinois' offense still concerns me, even though I think nebraska 's sure. going to be a really good defense. I'm a little concerned about the way that their quarterback, who is a 6th year senior and had a pretty darn good game against Nebraska last year, maybe one of the best games of his career, is going to be throwing to a decent group of receivers against a secondary that, again, we've talked about this. I still think they're a little Mm under-tested. And the fact that they have not decided on a corner between Quentin Newsom and Braxton Clark is a little concerning to me. So I feel like Illinois is going to come out and they're going to try to test Nebraska deep. Okay, now there's
1: another way to spin that corner battle. There's just two really good players battling it out right to the end, making each other better every day. I, that's, I tend to think that we've seen some Braxton Clark, and I thought it looked pretty good when we saw him in 2019. It
0: looks okay. Yeah. I think he's better at probably defending the deep pass because of his length, length. and his ability to get, yeah. to get his hand up. I'll be curious to see if he can close on short passes. That was Lamar Jackson's issue. Mm-hmm. If you remember initially when he came to Nebraska, he had a hard time closing hard mm-hmm. on those slants. Quentin Newsom's a little bit better at that. But I feel like Newsom against that deep ball, he gave up one against Illinois. I'm concerned there. And then the turnover thing is legitimate. Nebraska has to come out, hand the ball to the people who do do protection drills every day, the running backs. And then they need to be able to throw off of that run. And you have to establish a power run. In other words, you have to be a physically superior team to Illinois' front seven, and we keep saying that that's going to happen, but now it actually has to happen.
1: Well, and patience has to happen. It does. If, okay, so, Sam, you can easily imagine this scenario. Nebraska wants to run downhill, but what, what's, it's probably going to be a pretty good crowd. Brett yes. Bielema's opener. It's, the team's going to be probably whipped into a frenzy. In those early runs, you've seen it. Sometimes when the defense is whipped into a frenzy, and you want to run the ball with basic run plays, you're not getting much. Right. You're not getting much. You're not getting much. It's third series, you might not be getting much. Right. Will Frost stay patient?
0: Has to. I, that, has been, that has been a challenge for him. You, know, you see I, what I'm saying? I do. It's been hard for him to be able to stick to that. He, eventually he goes out and he starts throwing the football. You know, Against Minnesota, I remember that key drive in the third quarter where there's about 12 seconds left, and then they'll have the wind, and they threw it three times, and then they had to punt into the wind, and it looked really bad, and Frost wasn't able to explain it, and all the rest. <laughs> that stuff happens with him. <laughs> good, good I think memory. deep down, mm-hmm. and I wrote about this in the Monday Rewind, he likes passing the ball, and his best offenses can throw the ball. Um, and they struggled to throw it here at Nebraska.
1: Well, it's a different world. It is. I mean, it's not Florida. Okay. It's, it's not, not the Southeast. It, there's wind. There's but they've got to throw it better.
0: Yeah, they do. And they, they deep, I know he deeply wants to throw the football better because I think they feel like when they throw it, it kind of sets up some of the run plays that they have. Well,
1: I'd like to see the run set up to throw more Agreed. often. The other thing I'd say, Sam, is field position. Look at, look at Illinois' field position the last two, two years. In 2019, their average starting field position was 15 yards better than Nebraska. Turnovers does that. Yeah. Yep. And then, That's s- right. the, then last year it was seven yards better. You can't, you, can't, you can't surrender that much field position.
0: That's right. It's not pretty when, mm-hmm. when you give the ball up a bunch. What would a win mean on Saturday? Sam, and does it matter how they win? Um, yes.
1: Okay. Now, it's a difficult – it's sort of – you've got to phrase things right in this conversation. You've got to choose your words carefully. But a loss, what how's the state of Nebraska react to a loss? I would I would say the reaction, the best way I can put it is incredibly negative. And and that is a factor that that, that is a definite fact. We've seen it at Nebraska. It is hard. It, you know, you can say, ah, oh, the kids are in the locker room. They're just kids they're They have their lives. No, media is pervasive. They're on their phones all the time. They hear it. They they right. see it. They do. Uh, I mean, it almost makes me. I almost feel heavier when I'm talking about a loss in this game. Mm-hmm. The the whole state. Am I overstating this? A little. <laughs> But well, I, think, I appreciate your but maturity. I think that yeah. I, what I
0: will say is if they lose to Illinois, mm-hmm. you're going to be looking for seagulls at the Forgum game. You know how when you go to Northwestern <laughs> and there's probably about as many goals as there are Northwestern fans on that one side, yeah. there's not going to be a lot of fans there because they're, they're going to be like, they're going to win this game and they just lost the other game and we're just, Yeah, we're going to stay home. We're going to watch the awesome games all day long on TV, Clemson Damn. and Georgia, yeah. and you're going to get a 60,000-person crowd. And that's the piece to me is that yes, it would be demoralizing if they lost. But what you need to do is you got to keep the fan, you got to keep the fan belief in it, because you're going to need that. You're going to need that group this year with the home schedule that you've got. I know the first two games are easier, but after that it gets really hard, and they need that crowd. So you are you suggesting
1: that it does matter how they win if Nebraska is? I think it matters. I do. I think it matters.
0: It would help if they won in a way that was commensurate with the way they want to play. Mm-hmm. If they win in the way that they won at Rutgers, people are going to be like, it's kind of the same old stuff, and they got lucky, and good for them, but you know, we'll see you when they play Oklahoma, and, and we're worried they're going to lose by 40.
1: Same old stuff, meaning penalties, guys penalties jumping and turnovers. offside, yeah.
0: turnovers, and, and for example, four special teams, teams Illinois, play. They could beat Illinois with four turnovers, but you don't want that. You, no. you want a game... Where even if you only win it, you know, 24-17, by God, it looked the way you wanted it
1: to. Yeah, people are looking for more cleanliness in special teams, fewer turnovers, fewer penalties. Just overall cleanliness. Clean it up. I thought we would see... Next to Osliness. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we would see, see a cleaner team under Pelini when he was here. And I thought we'd see a cleaner team under Frost. It was something I pined for.
0: I kind of thought they would be cleaner under Frost because he has a better game day demeanor than Bo. Bo, Bo was... Yeah. Ah! Did he have a bad game day to me? He didn't have a good one. <laughs> Frost doesn't have a <laughs> no. bad one at all. No. I think he's pretty cool yeah. during, during, during games, but it hasn't seemed to kick over. Let's move to the preseason okay. predictions. Okay. So we have a kind of sense. We'll get to the win-loss things here in a minute, and we'll talk a little bit about score prediction for a But let's start on offense. Okay. Adrian Martinez, we expect him to stay healthy. Uh, he looks as good as he ever has. And so we're talking team totals, season totals, yes. assuming he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, we can assume he'll miss a game because he usually does. But assuming that <laughs> over the course of a 12-game season, yes. how many touchdowns is he going to throw for? How many total touchdowns is he going to have? And how many total turnovers? I am playing this
1: conservatively with Adrian. I'm going to go back to what he did in 2018. Passing wise, I think he he had 17 touchdown passes that year mm. and nine and nine picks. Yep. So I'm going to say 18 touchdown passes this year, one more and one fewer interception, 18 and eight. I don't I don't want to go too far predicting huge numbers for Adrian. I think 18 touchdown passes, eight interceptions would be I think that could get you to eight wins if he's that way. Um, and then what was the other stat you're looking at? Total, total
0: touchdowns and total turnovers.
1: Total, total turnovers. Or total. That
0: includes those fumbles.
1: Yeah, well, he better I – mean, i I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go lost fumbles. I think he'll lose three. Yes, lost. So, 11 total turnovers. Okay. 11 t- total turnovers. And the, the other thing is total yards. Total touchdowns. Total touchdowns. So How many I, is he
0: going to run for?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I said he'll have 18 touchdown passes – I would say seven touchdown runs, 25, 25. touchdowns. 25 touchdowns. What, you, what say you, Sam?
0: I like the 25 total. I'm going to say that he throws for 20. Okay. And he runs for five. And then I think the turnovers are going to be a little higher than that. I think they'll probably be in the 12-13 range. Some of that's going to be that they're playing some teams this year where they're probably going to be behind. And you have to take more risks How against many picks? Oklahoma. Ten. Okay. We're in the uh, same know, range, then. Similar range. Uh, you know, I, I I, feel like there's going to be a game in there, maybe it's against Oklahoma, maybe it's Ohio State, where he throws three. And you live with it because you know that you're behind yeah. and you have to do some things in order to try to get back, and that's sometimes what happens. But I think he's going to be a better touchdown thrower. He was not good at that last year. He threw four, and that wasn't great. I know they missed a couple of games, but, you know, when you're throwing point seven five touchdowns a game, that's not great. So I think he's going to be closer to two. They need to be closer to two. Good offenses throw touchdowns, Mm -hmm. Um, with the exception of Army and Navy, which Mm -hmm. Nebraska doesn't want to be. Good offenses throw touchdowns. Running backs. Um, Okay, so who's going to be the leading rusher? And is the guy that starts on Saturday, the same guy that starts at the end of the year uh, against Iowa.
1: I think we'll see Sevion Morrison on Saturday. Okay. Okay. I don't know that Sevion Morrison will be the guy toward the end. If Marquis step foot heals well, I think you could see I mean I'm not saying it's bad right now, but if he proves that he's okay with that foot injury that he had surgery on in the spring, if that's behind him, then I think he might become the guy. He might evolve into that back that you can
0: lean on. He's not more talented than Savion Morrison. He's not more he's talented. More he's more experienced. He's, he's more mature. It. Sure.
1: Well, I'm going to say he's more, he's more of a he's, he's a, he's a grown man. Well, then why isn't he out there on the first play? Well, he's got some feet. He's got a foot problem. <laughs> um, he, and that, that held him back a little bit. Sure. But if he shows it's behind him, I think he evolves into that guy. I think Savion Morrison, Sam, would you agree that, that the last two weeks, he, he made a splash? He got everybody's attention.
0: Talent-wise, he's really talented. They knew that when they recruited him. I know Ryan Held was really excited about getting him, and I think he was a guy that didn't get recruited by some other schools, mostly because they were concerned about him qualifying. It wasn't on-field stuff. He was really good on the field. He got his stuff together over the summer. That's pretty obvious. Yep. He's, he's in shape. Um, obviously, do, probably doing pretty well in school. I think they like where they're at.
1: And he said something critical. He said something critical for everybody to – this, this is good advice for a 55-year-old man. Get sleep. Yeah. Get your sleep. He did. He said, I, I started going to bed. And when I woke up in the morning, I felt like attacking the world. As opposed to playing video games till 5 in the morning and then dragging out of bed. That's you know? right. So, yeah, it was a, it was a little different.
0: I think Sevian Morrison's the most talented running back on the team. I suspect he's going to be the leading rusher by the end of the year. Okay. We'll see Saturday. I, what are you saying know,
1: Saturday? Who's your starter?
0: Uh, you know, I think it could be him. I think it could be Gabe Irvin. I think it kind of depends on what they want to do on the first drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, some some of it is I think there's things that Sevian's really good at, and I think if you want to go downhill between the tackles, though, maybe Gabe Irvin is Kay. there. Health assuming. We have to assume health on all of these guys. And then step we'll see. You know? Health is the issue there. I can tell you that if they're throwing the football around and they need a pass blocker in there, he's probably the guy. I would think that he would be – he is the closest to a three-down back where, where when he's in on the field, you know he's not necessarily getting a carry or getting a catch because he can actually block somebody. Right. And you need running backs who can pass block at this level. Wide receivers. Who's, who's, who's the leading receiver in terms of yards? And touchdown.
1: Okay, Samari Torre. I think, I think it's, it's the clear choice. Slot receiver, new slot receiver has, I mean, he really, really made a quick adjustment to Nebraska transferring from Montana. He did. Now, what, what do those numbers look like? Again, I kind of go conservative. If you look at what Juan Dale did over a 12-game schedule, 40 catches. 40 catches. I think Samari Torre can get you 40 catches. Juan Dale had 453 yards. 453, 450, something like that. Samari Terre, if he gets you 40 catches for 450
0: yards, I think that's a good baseline to start at. The difference between Wandell and Terre is that Wandell caught a lot of passes sideways, and I don't see Terre doing that. I, I don't anticipate he's going to be catching a lot of you know smoke routes and thing you know flares out to the side that was Wandale's skill set yes i don't anticipate necessarily Terray doing that i don't but but i now, do think he's going to be the leading receiver i
1: don't but i you know what i don't see him doing a lot of is a corner lines up man on oh man he just beats him downfield right. i don't think he's that type of receiver especially in this in the Big 10 right i mean maybe at Montana you could do that but I don't see – I mean, there's just not many receivers that can do that anyway, but I don't think he's won. I think he'll get a lot of turn and catch stuff in the middle of the field, yep. uh, find seams, sit down and catch a lot of passes, and hopefully break a tackle and get, get, and, you know, get some extra yards. But I don't see him being
0: a, you know,
1: a beat a corner down the field guy consistently.
0: No, they're going to matriculate do down the field with Yeah. They're going to go deep with Omar Manning and yes. Xavier Betts, and if this is going to be That's the pass it. offense that they want, they have to get touchdowns from those two guys, have to. When you get in the red zone, it's going to be really, really hard to hit Samari Torreya over the middle because the middle is often closed when you get inside the 15-yard line. They do a good job. The linebackers don't have to drop that far, and there's an end zone line that adds as another defender. So you have to throw it to the corners. You have to throw it to Manning. I'm not saying he's going to be Maurice Purify, but I think Oof. he might I think he might name. catch five touchdowns, and I think Betts might catch five or six, too. I don't think Torreya will be the number one touchdown guy. I think he might okay. be number one in yards, but I think it's going to be close. Okay. Scott Frost's best offenses tend to distribute the targets and catches among many players. That's right. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Sacks. Who's your leading sack guy? And this is the one where eh, we don't know how many sacks they're going to get.
1: I mean, I'd like to say JoJo Doman, but he had zero sacks last year. He covers and pass.
0: He yeah, doesn't he go after the quarterback much. They need him as a nickel.
1: I, I've got to say Tanner. Okay. Caleb Tanner. Now it's, I'm going out on a limb. He has three and a half sacks in his career. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's undersized. Let's face it. Caleb Tanner's still undersized. Yeah. He goes junior. into a
0: tackle, and he did. You know, the tackle just engulfs him.
1: He's got to beat him with speed. It's yep. hard to do.
0: It's he, hard to do. He's pretty fast, but he isn't as fast as you got to be to go all the way around the end.
1: I'm counting on maturity, and I'm counting on savvy, um, and I'm counting on will to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And I'm also counting on not. Somebody else not having a lot of sacks. Um, <laughs> I'm suggesting that he could lead the team with six sacks. I think Caleb
0: Tanner could get six that's sacks. A bold, that's a bold call. I'll say Fel- Felderius Payne with five. Payne is a better pass rusher than Tanner. I think he's a little bit more physical at the point of okay. attack, and that's I think he's good, got better that's right. moves. That's fair. And I think there's a little bit better motor there. Okay. And so even though he Ooh. didn't get a black shirt, I think he's going to be a guy on third down who gets after it. On top of that, I think you're going to get a good pass rush from a guy like Casey Rogers. I okay. think Casey Rogers, again, didn't get a black shirt. I can't believe it. He didn't get another one. I'm like, really? So we'll start counting reps on Saturday, and I'm curious to okay. see. He might get the most. Okay. It'll be interesting to see the fact that, again, he, he played, I think he played more reps than Robinson last year, never got a black shirt. How many sacks do you think Casey can get? Four or five. Okay. And so I think his effort, six. His, effort,
1: his, effort quot- his effort quotient is really, really high. Feldarius Payne is your sack leader with? Five or six. Okay, we're well, up. Again, once again sort of on the same I page. I just don't think it's going to be Tanner. I got you. But we but you don't envision a Randy Gregory getting 10 and a no. half sacks, something
0: like that. They don't have that. I don't think they do either. I think they know they don't have it. Right. So they're going to have to scheme. Spread them it. out. They're going to have to, going to scheme be spread it. out. Yeah. In terms of in terms of takeaways, all right? Let's let's look at that. Takeaways. Now, 2 per game in the regular season would be 24. They haven't hit that number in a while. How close do you think they can get to that, and what do you think is a reasonable number? Well,
1: if you, well, I'll give you a reasonable number on interceptions. If you look at the 2016 team, the last time Nebraska was, you know, won nine games, nine and four, six and three, in the Big Ten. Yep. 2016, they had 16 interceptions. Okay? That's, that seems like a number you could get to. Yeah. 2019, over a 12-game schedule, they had 11. Um, I'm saying –
0: Four against South Alabama? Yeah.
1: And they, yeah and they you,
0: have to, you have to get to, get to the two-per-game. You have to do it against the bad teams. Okay. Fordham s- and Buffalo, again, both of whom throw now, the ball. Now,
1: if they get 16 interceptions, that would be maybe top 15 nationally. That's Weird. a pretty high number, but I think it's reachable. Forced fumbles, re- and then fumbles recovered. I think they could
0: get seven. So how about – That's 23. 23. That's two per game. or darn near. I think they're going to struggle there. I think this is going to be a punt defense versus a takeaway defense. I'd love to be wrong because if they're a takeaway defense, they're going to win some games. Um, I think it's going to be a punt defense, a defense that gets a lot of punts and a lot of stops and a lot of pass deflections and and forces teams to kick it away. But at the same time, you know, it's just going to be one of those deals where I'm thinking 15, 15, 16 takeaways. The caveat to that is Buffalo and Fordham. You can rack up yeah. 10 takeaways yeah, against two teams, yeah. and then that changes the changes entire it, thing. Right. Um, let's talk record prediction here. Uh, we're, we're down to the last few minutes. So let's talk record for prediction. Okay. From a range, what is your range of wins this season?
1: Sam, I mean, I think most reasonable people uh, agree with this. If they maximize, if, Nebraska, if Frost, and that's what we're looking for, by the way, I want a head coach that maximizes the roster. And That's all I want eight get to eight that seems like it would be maximizing i'm tempted to say nine but the the tough schedule precludes that i think eight is a good number now when you start falling below eight that's when my brow furrows okay you know uh seven okay seven, seven fine.
0: yeah six uh, seven then and scott frost is coming back with at least seven or eight of his coaches
1: yeah but uh, you know what you'd like to see frost do is get on a heater you know, win eight and then win nine next year. Right. But I don't know if that's, if it's that kind of program right now. Mm-hmm. Sticking to this year, if he maximizes eight, if they have a good season, the kind of season that they should have in year four, seven, seven and, seven and
0: five. My range is, is five and seven to eight and four. I think it's wide, but I tilt more Ooh, towards okay. seven and five or eight and four. The reason I say that is I think Nebraska's got a much better roster than they did four years ago. I think the player leadership is better than it was four years ago. And I think the competition isn't quite as good as we're making it out to be. Oh, I think Northwestern is a team that Nebraska should beat. I think Michigan is in a weird spot in that program, mm-hmm. and they're beatable. Mm-hmm. I think Iowa's not as good as Iowa's been in the previous three years. It's definitely not in the trenches. No. Wisconsin, I think, is going to be really good on defense. But at the end of the day, I think that this particular team has got the chance to win eight games. And if they do that, A, they're going to be in the top 25 at the end of the year and B, we're going to be talking about a contract extension for Scott Frost as opposed to a hot seat. I guess we'll find out. All right, that's all we have for today on Husker Extra. For SIP, I'm Sam, and this has been the SIP to Sam Show.